Hello, musical theatre fans. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. My name is Ian Bokett, and every week I ask special guests from the world of musical theatre and beyond all about their favourite musicals and what one show they would order run forever if they were the Mayor of Musical Theatre, which is a very made-up position, made-up power, but one which, nevertheless, we all wish we held. That sentence almost hangs together, doesn't it? Almost, almost just about. Um, this week's episode. Sorry about the delay. I say this week's, this month's episode. There's been a bit of delay there. Um, September, October, busy, busy months when you work in a school as your day job, let me tell you. Anyway, this episode was recorded a little while ago in the height of summer, in the heat of summer, with the phenomenon that is Desmonda Cathabel. Desmonda is a sensational performer. I first met her when she won the 2022 Stephen Sondheim Society Student Performer of the Year competition. Uh, the one before last, that was 2022, I think. Um, and since then, I've seen her do such amazing stuff. You've probably seen her do st- such amazing stuff as well. Um, I saw her play Beth in Merrily We Roll Along at Ram, where she trained. We'll talk about that a bit in the podcast. Um, Lorene in From Here to Eternity at Charing Cross. She was in the Sondheim's Old Friends concert, which was recorded and broadcast on the BBC. Um, she was Kim in Miss Saigon at Sheffield Crucible. If you didn't get to see that production in Sheffield, you missed out. Uh, she was phenomenal in that. I hope she plays Kim again. She was absolutely sensational. Um, if you want to see her in the future, she will be playing Jasmine in Edinburgh in Disney's Aladdin as it starts its UK tour. And if you don't want to travel, you can just sit at home and turn on ITV and every Saturday night watch um, Mamma Mia. The I Had a Dream, I Have a Dream. Oh, I should know that name of that, shouldn't I? <laughs> it's Anyway, you can see her every week competing with other Sophies to be Sophie in Mamma Mia, which she's phenomenal on it. Um, you can just go to Twitter and see clips of her performing. It's so, so good. But watch it, support her. She is amazing. She's going to be the biggest musical theatre star in the country very, very soon. Um, this is a really fun podcast, so thank you for tuning into this one. It was produced in association with musicaltheatrereview.com, your premier source for news reviews and interviews on all things on stage, backstage and worldwide. All the social media links for them, for this podcast and for Desmonda Cathabel are in the show notes, so please do follow and get involved. Well, I hope you in- enjoy this podcast. As I say, it was recorded in the heat of summer, So we're all a bit warm during this record, but hopefully we make some sense, more sense than I'm making in this intro now. Um, Enjoy the podcast with the wonderful, with the delightful, with the lovely, with the talented Desmonda Cathabel. Technically, we didn't do it, but legally, we didn't do it. Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer and now podcaster slash fake mayor Ian Bokett. But I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. I first met this sensational performer when she won the 2022 Stephen Sondheim Society Student Performer of the Year competition. It's easier if you say it quickly. Mm-hmm. Just last year, shortly after, she graduated the Royal Academy of Music and has had an incredibly exciting start to her musical theatre career. In the year I've known her, I've seen her play Beth in Merrily We Roll Along at Ram 
Sam, Lorraine in From Here to Eternity at Charing Cross, Kim in Miss Saigon at Sheffield Crucible. She's featured on cast recordings, smashed countless cabarets, performed with some of the most impressive names in the business in Stephen Sondheim's Old Friends and other shows. And she's just been announced as Princess Jasmine when Disney's Aladdin begins its UK tour at the Edinburgh Playhouse later this year. Desmond de the hardest working young performer in musical theatre. I don't know how you found the time, but thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh my God, that was a lot. Wow, like now that you actually said that out loud, that's kind of crazy. And that all happened in the span of like two years. Like my anniversary, uh, two year anniversary of being in London was actually like just a couple of days ago when wow. the announcement, uh, the Jasmine announcement came out. Like that's literally like, I remember two years ago, I was just going out of my hotel quarantine out of Heathrow Airport of to course. be in London. So I can't believe you said that out loud. I was like, wow, that is a lot. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. That's a lot in such a short time. It feels like the pandemic was yesterday. But I know. of course for you, that was a whole career ago. Exactly, exactly. I'm like, and just, and also at the same time, I can't believe like during the pandemic, I didn't even think that that, all that was possible. Like even a fraction of that was possible. I didn't yeah. even think I would get here. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's, wow, amazing. Crazy. Well, now you're solidly in it. How does it feel as a career? Like obviously it must be loads of hard work and stuff. Does it feel like something you can be doing for the rest of your life? Is it everything you dreamed? Yes, absolutely. I feel like um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but like I've I've worked in, you know, corporate jobs before this, like before the pandemic, I did my bachelor's degree in communications. And so it's completely another world. Mm. And, and having this career is something that is genuinely like, it was a dream. You know, you know what I mean? Like you have a dream and like, you didn't know, like, it's different when, when you have a goal, when you have a goal, you know, it's going to happen and you have Mm. steps to do it. And, but when it's a dream, like it's just there, but like, you don't know where, where, how, how to get there. So when it actually got to that point and this happened, it's kind of like, what? it's not a dream anymore. And like, I'm actually doing it. So I think I, I mean, I do really want to be in it for as long as I can. That's what I've been telling myself. You know, when I, when I have the opportunity to actually do it, I want, I want to be in it as long as I can. And I want to do so much, you know what I mean? Like just anything that comes to me. Yeah. And it genuinely just like being here, like opened so many doors, being at Royal Academy of Music opened so many doors. And yeah, I I just can't believe it. Like, I just want to be in it, you know, as much as I can. Well, um, there's so much stuff you can do in musical theatre and outside Mm. of musical theatre. Are there plans? Do you have a plan in mind? You say it's a dream. Is it, are you just taking it as it comes or do you have certain milestones you want to hit? Um, absolutely. I don't have any exact milestones. Again, like just being here and having the opportunity, even like, like I remember like, um, being at Ram Mm. alone, just like, oh my God, I'm actually training as in musical theater. And like, and then I met all of these amazing people and then getting agents, like getting to audition that alone is already like, this is the life that I want to live in. So like, I didn't, I didn't have like, missions like I want to be in this show or like that show I want to I want my career to look like this it didn't really I've never really had that thought because even the chance is alone is like what I wanted so like and I have been sort of like saying this to like everyone I know like what Mm. I my actual dream is just to be a working actor like I again like just working like anything anything so I didn't have like any certain milestones or goals. It's amazing that the the things that came, the chances that came to me and like that I'm able to like, you know, grab it and be in it. It's amazing. But I think it's also nice that 
I don't have the milestones in my head. Yeah. Um, so every single opportunity that comes my way, I genuinely just like, I'm so grateful. I'm so like, wow, like this is a once in a lifetime chance and I'm about to take it and I'm in it. So yeah, I'm just happy to, to, to be here. <laughs> just happy to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> Except on days like today when it's 35 degrees in oh, London gosh. and awful. Yes. But again, I can't complain. I'm rehearsing, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, I live in London. Like, I can uh, afford it by myself. Like, it's insane. Like, genuinely, I, I, don't, I don't think I can explain it enough to people, like, how this literal, like, this life is... It didn't really compute to me two years ago. Yeah. Like, crazy, yeah. Well, before two years ago, growing up in Indonesia, and mm-hmm. um, what was the musical theatre scene there like? How involved were you? Mm, so I, I love the musical theatre community in Indonesia. It's really small. Like, okay. so I co-founded um, a musical theatre community called Jakarta Performing Arts Community. Oh wow! And that is because there is no uh, back back then, and that this is like back in 2013, 2014, like ten years ago there wasn't any sort of like big communities or or productions that does musical theater. Like we're literally just like a bunch of random people looking for an outlet to just do musical theater. So it was like, even what is it? It's, it's, we we start we started from scratch. We didn't know how to do it. We just know we like it. We we know we love it. Mm. And we, you know, we listen, we're just big fans of musical theater basically. And, there wasn't any outlet that we had to actually make our own community theater. Okay. And this was 10 years ago. So, but since then it it has been growing like the community and we have more people making other communities and making, you know, small performing arts uh, companies. And there are, there has been some, uh, you know, amateur professional musical theater productions, Indonesian and non-Indonesians like, and but it's rare and very far few in between. So mm. it's it's quite hard for me to be fully in it. But like I still can't really make it like a career because like, again, we're all literally starting from scratch. We are trying our best to find new people, new interest, new generations of people to do sure. it. And, you know, it's it's quite quite small still even though it is growing and i'm really happy to see the the growth in just less than 10 years um so yeah it's like it's a bit like that in indonesia so i, I feel like um back then it was like a hobby and okay. just like i love doing it and i want to do it forever even though it's amateur or like whatever but uh, and then I got to the point where I kind of feel like, oh, maybe I should actually properly do it. Some just give it a go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody has ever really done it from Indonesia. Like, well, not here, especially not in the UK. Some people I know, like maybe have done like, I, I think like national tour in the US or maybe or something like that. But it's really, really rare. Like we don't yeah. have our own like Lea Salonga. Mm. Who, 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 you know, like the, like a big musical theater star that have been in all of the shows. Sure. Like, so it, it really wasn't a thing that is possible in my head, in our head, yeah. basically. Well, it's so impressive to just gather people around you and make musical theater scene for yourself. Mm-hmm. What sort of productions were you doing? Was this just in the local theater or? Yeah, it's, it's mostly definitely local theater. I mean, like I live in the capital, so, uh, which is Jakarta and, um, so basically it's more for like the people in the city and just local amateur productions, really just anything that you could 
imagine an Amdram production would be. Like, it's just everyone is volunteers. Like, nobody gets paid. We didn't even know, like, we had to sort of, like, acquire rights to do productions until, like, a, f- a couple of years in because we literally didn't know how to how that works you really some incredible productions of like hamilton everything you can't get the <laughs> yeah, rights for. exactly uh technically we didn't do it <laughs> legally we didn't do it <laughs> but yeah and then we and then we start my community theater in particular um we started doing a lot of uh shows that are available to do um like we did company Ooh. we did we did dream girls west side story um but it's all like with again like limited people limited availability just yeah. anyone who likes musical theater would be uh, you know gathered and doing the like small productions but we loved it it's like and i've learned so much from doing it like i i've i've heard so many people uh coming to me and quite shocked uh, like just like oh, oh you're in drama school but you're so like you're so calm you're so prepared like you you look like you know what you're doing sure and i think it's because like i've had that experience of just being in Amdram, like in community theater. Yeah. I didn't have any training before I came to Ram, but like it, it's that readiness of just like, you know, I'm going on, on a stage, I'm working with these people. And it's that, I think I learned so much from just a community theater scene in Indonesia, just by doing a lot of amateur <laughs> productions. So that's, that's really helpful for me. Yeah, well, amateur stuff is great for that, isn't it? Because yeah. like putting anything on on the stage is so nerve wracking, and oh whatever size stage it is, mm-hmm. those nerves don't really change. It's the same. Mm-hmm. If you've learned how to deal with them, if you know that nothing bad is going to happen, you're just going to get on stage and do a performance. Exactly, That's the experience. Absolutely, it's like uh, what's the what's the phrase? It's um, it is genuinely practice makes perfect. Mm. I mean, every single performance that I've done in amateur shows, I'm pretty sure it was really bad. It was really, really bad. Like Hard I w- to believe. No, genuinely. Like okay. It's just like I didn't know how to dance. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to put myself on stage. But because I've done it so many times yeah. and the community theater gives me the space to make mistakes and do really, <laughs> you know, bad job basically <laughs> on stage, then I learned from the muscles that I did basically yeah. so it's genuinely practice makes perfect That's and really yeah interesting so what point is there one performance that you can look back on and think that was when i did well i finally learned what i was doing with this one hmm i don't know i think it's kind of like really gradual okay i remember so this is again legally we didn't do it <laughs> but we did like this sort of like version of like um like a you know um review version of like burlesque we just like did all oh. the songs and kind of performed it in our sort of like staging and all that and i remember coming across to a video of us doing it and i'm like hmm. that is so bad like i mean like i didn't know where to like put my hands like my hands were like all over the place and like but i remember uh when i did the show it's kind of like wow this is like a new experience i'm dancing i'm singing yeah. and you know i'm like planting myself on stage and then when I look back it was like it really wasn't that good and but then after that performance obviously I learned so much just from doing that you know what I mean so I don't know I can actually like pinpoint an exact production where I feel like wow that's I've improved so much but maybe like so the last production that we did with my community production is um company an amazing show. Amazing show. I, lo- I love company. And um, that was the our first show with like live orchestra, live, live music. And like I, I was April 
And I remember finding it so difficult because mm. her character is so... Um, she's supposed to be like this, you know, this ditzy uh, stewardess. But mm. like there's this one monologue in Company april's monologue about like butterflies and like stuff like that and it's like yeah. what am what what is she saying and like it's like one of the first uh instances where i have to really think how to deliver this you know line in, in a way that people will will understand the layers of like what she's trying to say or like or like the background of her character and all that so i remember like doing that doing company and just also seeing everybody work in that show uh, alone yeah. is so, you know, inspiring. It's like, wow, like there's so many things happening and just like this song or this line or this moment. And so, yeah, I, I was really happy when we did that production. I mean, obviously yeah. it's Sondheim. It really brings <laughs> something out of you. Yeah. It really does. I mean, if you can get through some of those songs and hit every note, then you're doing well. Yep, exactly. And pronounce the words correctly. Yeah, you learn so much just just yeah. by doing it and just by thinking about it. So, yeah. Oh, really interesting talking about thinking about it. Um, last night I was hanging out with um, co-director of Miss Saigon, Robert Hasty. No way. Um, because that's the sort of glamorous life I lead. Yeah, of course. So I said I was interviewing Desmonda tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything to say about her time in Miss Saigon? Mm-hmm. And he, he was talking about that. I'll quote him almost exactly. It's this from memory. But Amazing. He said, you're an awesome talent, true. Um, but there's also a great intelligence behind that instrument. Um, <gasps> he said one of the ways uh, that they thought to dive in, to take on the aspects of Miss Saigon that have been and still are possibly a bit problematic, was to empower the cast and creatives to dig into the story themselves mm-hmm. and find what resonated with them and what truth they could bring to their roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said you were one of the most committed and interesting voices in the room when it came to that aspect of the process. Mm. Oh my God, Rob Hastings. Thank you. <laughs> no, but like I genuinely feel the same way. I mean, I I, I love. Um, again, I'm, I've 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 been a big fan of musical theater. That's the reason why I'm here. And yeah. Miss Saigon was one of the musicals that I've loved in the beginning that got me really into musical theater. And so I've thought about that musical for s- most of my life, really. And yeah. Um, and I agree. Like in that room, especially, they've really you know they've opened up the space for us to really um you know have our own not just spin but like our own like experience into it and like especially especially for me because um I'm well I grew up in Southeast Asia I grew up in Indonesia my whole life that's the life that I know Mm. I didn't know what's life like here or like anywhere else in the world I didn't know the life uh, you know as an Asian person living in somewhere foreign i didn't know it until i came here like two years ago so like my experience has been solely as um, a southeast asian woman living in southeast asia growing with southeast asian people women uh you know experience politics you know so so i'm so happy that uh in miss saigon that i got to bring that experience and that that piece of me into into the show like as Mimi and as Kim especially Mm. and you know Rob Hasty and Antonella just like completely leave the floor to us to like discover and like make decisions and do you know like yeah what do you really think about this like what this is an experience that these people are uh, have to deal with in that specific time of history and like why how would they react how would they you know, how would they move from this point to the next point? So it's not just about, you know, doing 
the words as 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 written or like uh, doing the show as it has been for the past 30 years it's genuinely like a completely like almost like a clean slate for us to start over and um so i'm i'm really happy that rob said that because like i do feel like my main objective to be in in and specifically Miss Saigon is that I want to bring my experience as a Southeast Asian woman who loves the show um, to and who 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 sees Kim I think mm. in quite a different way in a, in a different point of view because like again I, I I identify with Kim just from the basis of just like, like this is a Southeast Asian woman yeah. living through like turmoils of you know war and and just like desperation i haven't really been through actual war a lot of conflicts for sure uh, in my home country but like yeah. but you know like it's i understand like mm. i see her in that specific sort of like experience so i'm really happy that i got to bring that on stage and just have the space to actually do it you know it was such an incredible incredible production your performance it was utterly harrowing and shocking oh. at times it's hard because obviously you're such an incredible singer that i just want to compliment your vocals and mm-hmm. i think thank you after it i text you of how amazing your low notes were and i was just shaking the theater which is something i haven't really heard from you before mm. um, but it was even with that amazing vocal performance it was the acting which was the incredible part and oh. starting out as as you say yourself an amateur who just loves musical theater who just mm-hmm. wanted to sing these songs you found this acting side of yourself as well which, mm. i mean that's a hard skill uh well thank you so much first of all um but i well yes i thank you for the compliments i think the voice is very much connected to the choices and the acting choices and again with this role it's because i i've learned a lot from my time at ram as well just sort of just to 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 just be and to just you know feel it with the words and just like react and do don't not generating anything this is like i'm actually quoting one of my <laughs> directors uh, while i was at ram wow. like he tried to um saw one of our directors for like our small projects um back at ram his name is Josh Rush, and I think he really sort of like changed a lot of the way that I'm thinking about acting. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that he always says to us, like in rehearsals, is like, "Stop generating! Don't generate anything. Just be and just like listen and react when you feel like you want to react, or mm. like, you know, take your time or not take your time. You know, overlap or not overlap. Like it's just like just don't generate anything. And and I think that really changed the way that I'm thinking about acting and it's really it's really incredible to find especially in Miss Saigon because I've I've listened to the cast recording so many times I've seen the recordings so many times so I know how it looks like I know like how how other people have done it yeah but it's so interesting to just do it in that in this new way and have the space to just like listen you don't have to generate you don't have to make this as it was you just need to listen to the words, say the word, react to the words, and just how it affects me, basically. Yeah. And it was really affecting. Every single time I step on that stage and acting again with like incredible people, with Joe Ampel, with Ethan mm. LaFong, like um, Christian Chenet, like, and every single time, like I'm re- receiving everything that they're giving me and I'm, and that alone and the words and the music, it just affects yeah. me a lot. So I think like 
acting wise i didn't really try to like oh i need to be in this like specific like deep uh, space in my head and i need to be like you know be really vulnerable it sure. really didn't happen like that it genuinely just happened on stage and i'm letting the words and like, her experience kim's experience yeah. in the specific time on stage and just yeah how would that affect me as someone who, you know again as a southeast asian woman mm. and also as someone how would i feel like if i were put in this situation hearing these words saying these words yeah and it just got me there and it's and it's honestly like it, and i have been saying this to a couple of people like i genuinely feel like with kim like my box as an actor is so full like every single corner of like my skill sure. kind of it's kind of like touch like so full yeah emotion wise like singing wise again like as you said like i go to <laughs> claude michelle just wrote like notes at the bottom of the well <laughs> yes. for kim to sing and like also like just really high floaty head uh, head voice just mm. so it's, it goes everywhere and uh, yeah just like the, the the layers of emotion the intensity the the tenderness yeah it's 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 so full with this role and and I'm I'm just happy to just get the chance to do it. Yeah, it's so interesting here. You're talking about how you are thinking about what these characters are going through, mm. and and as you take on new characters, putting yourself in their shoes. Mm. Do you find that acting has is changing you at all as a person? Like, are you becoming more empathetic? Oh my god, a hundred percent. I feel like, and this is actually what is it? Acting is kind of like my outlet of just exploring humanity as well because I. I was always a very shy kid. I didn't know, like, I'm not good at socializing with people. I'm not good with talking to people. Like, oh, me too. This is why I do a podcast. So I've got an excuse no, to talk to people. Exactly. No, it's genuinely like that. Because, like, then yeah. I, with acting, then I have words on paper that I can say. But then also yeah. at the same time, I can think about it. And it's like, why are they saying this? Like, mm. why, why is this part of this conversation? And then I learn, I learn about people. I learn about different kinds of people my character other characters and it genuinely makes me uh, just like a more understanding human being really it sound, makes you sound a little bit like a space alien come down you yeah. understand humans <laughs> by reading their culture maybe i am <laughs> maybe i am don't tell anyone i'm from mars <laughs> it explain a lot of things yeah, exactly <laughs> well and not only are you a martian you're now a disney princess <gasps> surely that's a dream come true oh my god it's I, I can't even say it's a dream come true because I never dreamed to be a Disney princess. Like, I didn't yeah. even, it didn't even occur to me that that could happen. Yeah, you have to be drawn or a Barbie to be yeah, a Disney princess. exactly. And I'm like, and I don't know, I think it's because I've I've never been the, the, the person, like the, like the poster kind of like, oh, you're such a princess. Like, are oh, you, you're so, pr you're beautiful, like pretty, whatever. And especially, I think it has a lot to do with, um, um like colorism like like i have quite a dark dark brown skin so uh, but like the beauty standard in indonesia um is kind of like uh, the fairer you are the prettier you are like uh, i mean it's 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 really sad to say but it's it, it's all it all comes down to like years of colonialism years of like you know like class struggle like it, it really comes down to a lot of that and yeah. uh, it's still very much rooted in our society so like i've never felt like with my sort of like complexion like people would think me as like pretty the pretty princess type you know what i mean right. so like i i genuinely 
when you say it's a dream come true, I didn't even dreamed it. It was just kind of like, okay, like it's a princess. Like, but I've, I've never thought I've, I'm a, a princess type. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I think it's, it all comes down to that. And it's another conversation to be had, but uh, so I'm, I'm quite glad that I've got now this opportunity mm. to actually, you know, um, to, especially for Indonesian people, I guess, um, to show that, you know, like you don't have to be fair skinned. You don't have to look like you're, you know, um, mixed or like you have, you don't have to like have European features for, sure. to be a princess, to be a Disney princess, to, to be beautiful. And, and it, hopefully, I don't know, like it, it, it'll help other brown skinned, dark brown skinned, like Indonesian girls to be more confident in themselves. So so yeah, I'm quite 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 happy about that. So it's yeah. incredible. It's like you're sending messages back to the child that you were, but oh, yeah. for the next generation. 100%. It's like everything you might have needed to see, you're being that for next generation. A hundred percent. Incredible. hundred percent. I'm seeing on your Instagram you've been posting lots of Indonesian news stories about <laughs> how excited everyone is. So it, the word is spreading. It's it's really it's really insane. Like the 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 coverage has been quite surprising to me, but yeah. also at the same time not surprising because like I don't think that we have had like our Disney princess in uh, an Indonesian Disney princess. Um, so again, it's, it's quite, it's a little bit impossible to think when you've just never seen one like an sure. Indonesian princess, like ever, like out in the mainstream media, I think. So the coverage has been just like, people just been shocked and proud and, and yeah, it's yeah. crazy. I can't believe that that I be that person, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, obviously growing up, you had a lot of um, influence from Western culture for the, all these musicals and Disney films and that. Mm -hmm. Is that widespread in Indonesia or is that specific to you? Um, we we have a lot of like mainstream Western media, okay. definitely in Indonesia. I grew up watching Disney movies, um, you know, Hollywood movies. And I think that's why representation in Western media is really important for us in Indonesia, weirdly enough, because yeah. like, because for example, like back when I was a kid, like I, I always remember, I always identify with all the characters that I see on screen and because we see a lot of Hollywood movies. And so I think myself as like, you know, like I can be like Julia Roberts, like that's, I could be her, but, but also in the reality, I've never seen like a movie star that looks like me. So in my head, yeah. like movie stars only look like Julia Roberts, like for example. So it, it's actually quite a big uh, shift, like an important thing to see, even though it's happening somewhere else, like in the world, but like it's actually very affecting for us. Like that's why like all the coverage, the Indonesian media coverage for like an Indonesian Disney princess yeah. is huge. Like people are just like that never happened before. Like, just seeing someone as a Disney princess, it's just like, wow, actually, like Indonesian people can be a Disney princess. That's crazy. But yeah, I think it's that, really. So the idea that this is how you be happy, this is what life should be like, except it doesn't look like you. Mm -hmm. it, that must be a weird thing in the brain where you're learning about the world, but also feel maybe learning that you don't fit into the world that you should be trying to fit into. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, that is that is that is a good way to put it. Like it, it genuinely feels like oh, you you you've identified yourself with this world experiences, but at the same time, like you don't see yourself 
in it and so yeah it's a weird feeling but i i'm that's why like again like just me being here in london experiencing all this like i would not have thought that was possible i didn't come like from like you know like a like a family with a lot of money that can just like oh we're moving uh you know outside of the country and like we have all of these resources to uproot ourselves from our country it's just like didn't think it would happen but yeah, it's what made you choose London? Because obviously New York is a big theatre place. You mm-hmm. could have gone to anywhere in the world and become mm-hmm. something amazing, I'm sure. But what was it about London? You know what? I think it's actually quite a practical reason. Okay. So a lot of it is visa reasons. Okay. Genuinely. Like um like I would I would love to try like to 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 get to New York and do Broadway basically. Mm. But there is a lot of there is no scholarship or like resources funding available for people in Indonesia who wants to pursue arts in the US and I don't think oh. there's like any special like scholarship or visa and one of the reasons why I didn't try to um audition for like US schools so yeah we have this like um coveted scholarship that just pays for like everyone who wants to do like master's degree or like PhD outside of Indonesia. Okay. And everyone who wants to go study abroad mm. will apply for that scholarship the, from the whole country. Wow. But it's rarely art. Like it's always from like a science or, or politics or stuff like that. And then, so, but I tried anyways, I tried to look at the sort of like the, the, what do you need to do like to get the scholarship, whatever. And sure. one of the reasons is that it has to be a master's degree. So it has to be like two years maximum. Okay. And I, when I looked at uh, the schools in New York, musical theater, like master's degree, it's usually either three years, three year course or four year course. Maybe like a couple of them are two year course. Okay. So like I know, and I asked the scholarship provider, like they won't pay, they won't give the scholarship if they, if they have to pay more than two years, something like that. So immediately, like, okay, I can't, yeah. I can't do it because I can't afford it. I will not do it without a scholarship. And so like my only chance is to actually apply to London because like, I mean, also like, because I, it's the biggest theater uh, scene in the world outside of Broadway. And also like a lot of theater starts in the UK, Shakespeare, all that the culture is like is very much embedded in the nation sure yeah so um that's and also like i can only speak english other than indonesian of course right so like i'm i'm, I'm not trying to like learn a new language in my <laughs> old age of 20 something <laughs> you know what i mean you'd already learned all the words to company so exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> so it, my brain was really full <laughs> um so my only choice was to go to the uk so i that's why i just applied for uh, and a lot of the master's degree here is one year. And another thing is that there's this new visa thing that just happened, I think, a couple of years ago, like two, two, three years ago, that you can extend your student visa to graduate visa so you can stay and work in the country without sponsor. Oh, and you can't do that anywhere else. You can't yeah. do that in the U.S. You can't do that, like, I don't know, like m- most people, especially from Indonesia. Yeah. Just countries don't really want us to be in it. <laughs> like that's really harsh wow. to say, but like it's 
it's really hard. Visas are expensive. The, 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 the things that you have to do to get those visas are difficult, mm-hmm. difficult to do. So I think it's a lot of it is actually like a practical reason. It's so great to hear a positive story about the UK immigration system. <laughs> it's like, thank God we've got some talented people. Yeah, yeah it's, it is kind of positive. It's, it is still expensive. It's very right. expensive. And I can only af- afford my visa because I, I've worked for a couple of years, so I have my savings. But if you're just like another, you know, hopeful, like a student hopefuls who wants to do like a master's degree and you don't have any resource sure. from your parents or like fr- even from you yourself the visa is still very hard to get and it's just yeah it's that's that's this is i'm i'm just gonna say this because like one of my favorite line in miss saigon yeah is engineer's line there's this line which where she says um um i think it was in if you want to die in bed and then she just like she's talking about like going to america and then suddenly she snaps and then she says you need a visa to get in. Mm. And that's just, that is just my experience. Well, not just my experience, like all of our experience as someone who comes from, you know, from Indonesia, from someone who comes from like a third world country. It's literally, we can't go anywhere without a visa. Yeah. And, oh my God, I, yeah, I can go on and on and on about that. But yeah, that's why Miss Saigon is (laughs) one of like very relatable pieces of art resonating throughout your life in so many ways exactly well we should probably get on to the actual questions of this podcast Mm -hmm. oh my god we haven't even gone there we haven't done question one yet wow it's okay we're only 37 minutes into this no worries no worries (laughs) yeah so the first question is which show made you fall in love with musical theater was there one show which back in the day made you realize musical theater is what Desmond the Capital is all about oh my god my first this this show that made me really got like obsessed with musical theater was actually Les Mis Strong and choice. this is I remember this so clearly because so I used to love movies so I, I I used to follow all the Oscar season movies I tried to watch all of them mm-hmm. and then I remember back in 2012 Les Mis was on for an you know an Oscar nomination yeah, yeah. so I got researching and I'm like oh I want to see all of the movies or this there, there's this musical so I want to research like what's what's the original piece blah blah, blah. so I uh, I watched the 25th anniversary. I think it was like on YouTube or something. Everything um, was on YouTube back literally, then. Literally, literally. Exactly. So, um, so I watched that and immediately I got hooked. I got hooked. Oh. Like this is like, wow, this got, this piece has like everything that I love about, I don't know, like about art, about performing. You got acting, you got singing you got i'm obviously in musical theater like you got dancing and all that yeah and i've always loved seeing people do that and i love doing it well kind of not yet at that point but i love watching people like act and sing and dance so yeah it it was just like wow this has everything and i so lamis really was my gateway to Musical theatre. Yeah, as you say, it's one of those shows that does have everything and it's got a volume as well. Mm. If you want a dance scene, everyone's dancing. If yep. you want a song, it's the catchiest song you've ever heard and there yep. are five melodies going on at once. Exactly. <laughs> and just like, it's so dramatic as well. Like all the crying and acting and, oh my God, I just loved it. I, lo- I was I was very, a very melodramatic <laughs> teenager. <laughs> I might ask this about every single question we do. Was there an amateur bootleg Indonesian version of Les Mis? Um, uh, 
maybe not a bootleg, but like there's definitely like some productions that have done it. Technically, no. Technically, no. <laughs> Legally, no, they haven't. But I'm pretty sure there has been some, just because it's such a great, great show. So and a lot of people, um, Indonesian people, even though like not a lot of them know musical theater, sure. but you know, like again, Lamus is such a gateway for people who to love musical theater. So a lot of people know it, yeah. And everyone will know those songs as well. Exactly. And um, well, speaking of the songs, which musical score gets stuck in your head the most often? Hmm. Um. You know what? I do sing Legally Blonde a lot, just like out of Me the too. blue. Yes. I'm just like I'm just like I'll be, I'll be having a conversation, and then suddenly I would just like go like, Oh my god! Oh my <laughs> gosh! You go just like all the time, just random stuff, and. Uh, and yeah i think it's just stuck in my head forever yeah. now forever it's just going to be the soundtrack of my life <laughs> those songs have that almost i'm going to call it a sondheim thing where it, the phrase fits with the music so perfectly that once you hear that phrase with that melody yes you, you just associate it with it so if anyone says something out loud courtney take your break it's just going exactly to be, you're going to sing it exactly exactly especially because like oh my god you guys is kind of such a perfect example because yes. you you you, you want to say oh my god a lot in your life mm. and the song just pops into your head and you just start singing it it's like oh well <laughs> yeah it's out there <laughs> that's the best um should also ask about other music do you listen to a lot of pop dance music classical uh, music as well yeah i do listen to a lot of jazz standards oh okay i listen to oh oh i'm a big fan of bts the k-pop amazing boy band i'm obsessed talking about catchy songs with yeah them. oh my god i'm obsessed with them and it's just because and i think it's not for the reason that you think it is it's actually because they well they wrote a lot of their songs so and a lot of it just is so honest the lyrics if you've translated actually from korean they're so like you know relatable and they're so deep like they're they're mm. really they they really speak to me and i and i found them in in a time where i actually needed to hear those lyrics those words and it's just wow. and since then it's just i've just been obsessed with them um and then what else i love hosier uh again for like lyric reasons and even jazz standards i like jazz because yeah. i love the lyrics they're just so like it's such a storytelling pieces of music which fits love in it. perfectly with your musical theater brain exactly exactly Amazing. Obviously, you have to listen to a lot of music for work. Is it mm -hmm. a good or a bad thing when a show has a really catchy score? Like, does it get stuck in your head constantly and get annoying after a while? Or You know what? I'm that kind of person who will sing the, the, the songs from the show that I'm doing all the time. Amazing. Like, I'm, I'm, I, when I have that melody in my head, I will just, like, I keep singing. I keep humming the whole day, like... Even even if people start doing like even if people start to sort of like oh my god please not this song again but like I will be singing it it's just like my brain just does it and I can't stop it I can't so whenever like uh, even when I for example when we did Saigon like I would just like sing and there's a lot of like conversational conversation style. Uh, lyrics and songs sure. in Saigon. So like every single conversation, something will come up, will pop up and I'll be singing it and I'll be humming it. And yeah, I'll never get sick of it. It's just my brain doing it. So you're a really annoying person. Yes, I am. Saying. Yes, I am. In case anyone was thinking they want to be friends with you or something, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not worth it. I will be singing all the tunes at all times. Uh, what is your favorite musical currently running in London? Hmm. Which is hard because we're recording this at a time and a lot of things have just closed. Yeah, exactly. Um... Currently running, probably um, cabaret. 
Oh, that's a solid choice. I, I feel yeah. just like, I mean, I just remember the first time that I saw it. I won the lottery and I saw the original cast. You can't win Red that lottery. Made. I thought it was impossible exactly. to win that lottery. Exactly. I, I, I never thought I would have won that lottery. But like, How I have s- you been so lucky? I have no idea. This is like the second <laughs> I step into this country. I was like, you yeah. get luck. Uh, you moved to Magic Lamp. A genie exa- came out. So now you're living the life <laughs> yeah. of a lamp. Yeah. Exactly. That's a secret, guys. <laughs> um, so it's just like I remember watching that show for the first time and kind of like got really struck by the... Just the, uh, the, all the artistic choices, the staging, the acting, the singing, <clears throat> the music direction, the choreography, yeah. the, just like the whole show, the whole look of the show, the design. And just, yeah, I think that's my favorite show that is currently running. Currently running. I've had a couple of like a lot of shows that I loved so far. Yeah. Do you want to do some shout outs? I own, oh shout out um definitely standing at sky's edge oh how shout good is out. that um actually i was hanging out with moona last night as well moona no way. Um, i was at some national theater talk this is yes, why i was yes, with these yes. people um but she is phenomenal obviously alex young alex we young love alex society young. And everything else. amazing oh my god yeah so shout out to that that's genuinely one of my fa- the f- my favorite things i've seen in london ever it's brilliant. Um, and it's a jukebox musical, which people are so sniffy and snobby about. I but know. But standing at the sky's edge, it's the most amazing piece of theatre you'll ever see. The most amazing. And wow, just incredible. The performance, everything staging. I sobbed so hard. I saw it oh, at yeah. the National and just, I was sobbing so hard. But yeah. You did a good job of learning human emotions. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> it finally worked. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, which musical has made you laugh the most, speaking of human emotions? What do you think is the funniest show? Mm. Funniest show, okay. And it could just be a really awful show that you're laughing at because it was so terrible. You know what? No, I actually do love... Oh, I have two shows that okay. I love that makes me laugh so much. Is um, uh, What is it? Uh, Something Rotten mm. and uh, Beetlejuice. Two shows which I haven't seen because they're not in the UK yet. Yes. So I've listened to those cast recordings. I've never, yeah. s- I've never seen Something Rotten, but I love the cast recording. So and I've just... It just... It, it generally gets me like I cackles just like listening to it and I for Beetlejuice I saw it when I got this free scholarship musical theater thing and then I went to New York for Mm. free (laughs) and then so I got to watch Beetlejuice again with the original cast crazy and And Alex Brightman was it Alex Brightman oh my god he was so funny and um my actually my my highlight from that show is actually Leslie Kritzer Mm. as um delia she was so funny and i she makes me laugh so hard yeah that's those two shows makes me makes me cackle (laughs) i know it's touring in america at the moment and they keep saying it's going to come to the uk but i hope a recording exists of that original cast yeah please make it you know make it happen like beetlejuice is such a great show something rotten as well like it's about shakespeare yeah it seems an obvious one yeah it seems an obvious one Stratford has a lot of theatres put it on somewhere there everyone will go see it exactly please it's so funny so funny and clever and just witty what is your favourite movie musical oh that's a good question my favourite movie musical I have two my two favourites I love it yeah Uh, which is the first one is Chicago Mm. and Hairspray Two great ones. Great okay. movie musicals. That's how movie musicals should be. Chicago, I prefer the movie to any live production I've right? seen. Oh, uh, yes. Know, uh, genuinely. But like, I love the movie. Yeah. It's such a great production. It's so gritty and like, but real. But also at the same time, they don't, 
it's it's not that they're trying to be like oh we're like realistic and we want to make movies cinema whatever yeah. it's like genuinely so musical it's so musical all the cuts all the shots all the lighting it's so musical mm. and that's why i love chicago and hairspray just great movie musicals so good. Um, hairspray is so, so feel good. It's incredible. So, yeah. It can cheer you up whatever mood you're in. Exactly. Which musical might people be surprised to learn you love? So this could be something maybe at odds with your personality or maybe a guilty pleasure that some people would call it. Mm. Mm, okay. Uh, this is actually quite shocking, but I feel like a lot of people would be surprised if when, I, when they found out that I like Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. Which is weird because I feel like Maybe because Jekyll and Hyde is so popular in Asia, like in, in like East Asia, especially like hmm. it's so popular in Korea, in Japan, like and I think the, the sentimentality of like the, the, the drama and the ballads really appeals to us. Sure. So I love Jekyll and Hyde. But sometimes people like when I tell them that they were kind of like, oh, really? I was like, OK, I was like. Hmm, why? But hey. Yeah, I guess over here, because we don't have it in the same way, like it's not a big institution here. It's not yes. in many people's top 10 lists. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. So like, I think that's kind of like the, the one that kind of like pops in my head that people just like every, uh, not every time, but like most of the time that I kind of like tell that to people, they, they're kind of like, oh, really? Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. Good choice. And one that I don't listen to enough. I, th I think you're right. It's just not in the culture in the same way. Yeah, it might be. I know it it's is. really popular around the world, so I'll have to listen to it more. Mm -hmm. It's so popular. And I love singing the ballads. Like Someone Like You and what is it? Uh, a New Life. Love singing it. I think it's the ballad. It's a ballad thing, I think. We're just uh, Asians, Asian people. We love ballads. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new stereotype. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to be racist in exactly that specific way from now on. <laughs> Uh, what do you think is the most romantic musical? Mm. You've been in some romantic musicals yourself. <gasps> ah, romantic musical. Oh, my God. Um, do you consider yourself a romantic, sentimental sort of person? Um, maybe not romantic, but I definitely love when it's really sad. Ooh. When it's really dramatic and sad. That's probably why I like Les Mis, uh, <laughs> back way back when. Because it's like, there's not enough like, like really romance going on. But like it's the... And, and, unrequited love it's the yeah. you know the love against all odds type of situation so sure. like i can't really think about like an actual like romantic musical but i do love um i think it's hadestown thank god you brought up hadestown it no. actually is isn't it it is it's such like i mean the whole story of eurydice and in, in, in orpheus it's like the whole plot of the story is, is that he's trying to get her back and it's that power of like love and just like pure like oh my god i love this person so much and i would yeah. bring her back from the underworld and it is heartbreaking sure. the story but that makes it better <laughs> because then you, yeah. you you know like it's kind of like a life or death situation but it's really and also from the just the story itself it's really it's almost pure. Like, I think a lot yeah. of people kind of like is so scared of making a love story so pure and just like it can happen. Yeah. It can just happen to between two people. And and it's so pure and so deeply felt by these two person. Yeah. That, you know, it, it moves the whole story. And like, for example, like in Hadestown, like the, the I think the I think they sang. All I've ever known, I think. Yeah. All I've ever known is how to hold my own, and now I want to hold you too. Like that line itself, like yeah, gorgeous. It's, oh my god, I could, It's kind of like those Greek myth when 
the origins of like soulmates is that you're originally like a like a uh, a single person with two heads and two like you know yeah the Plato uh, symposium exactly Edric and the angry inch thing yes exactly and then you got separated and it's kind mm-hmm. of like you've been run, roaming a, 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 around the world as a single entity and then you yeah. suddenly find your your other half and it's just and it's that sort of like oh the pure yeah strong feeling and i love it yeah. anyways wow that's like a long rant about, uh, <laughs> we, about we do yeah exactly <laughs> yeah because they're such different characters um and it's not afraid to show that they don't really work together in a lot of ways mm-hmm. i mean you would see as hungry orpheus is off writing tunes maybe mm-hmm. not being, paying as much attention as he should exactly um and but it's through actions and mm-hmm. love is through actions and what you do for the other person it's yep. not necessarily some great cosmic thing mm-hmm. if you're made for each other you'll go to hell for her yeah and that's what it says love is and it's yeah. true it's all about actions exactly Gorgeous. and again not just or you were just saying orpheus as well with like um persephone and and hades, hades yeah. and just like having that those opposite but also at the same time like you know he would freeze stop the seasons or freeze hell or like whatever yeah. th- what whatever he's doing to just like be with her just for like a certain like a little amount of time that he had you know and yeah it's so great i love it love love is good we're more romantic than we thought yeah i know right who knew (laughs) oh god bless us um what musical have you never seen that you think you should have seen well i haven't seen a lot of shows even the shows that i love because i well obviously i didn't have a lot of access for that right yeah back in indonesia so i think there's so much that i need to see but i i don't know i just wish that i could see a lot of like Sondheim pieces, like life. Yeah. I just want to yes. see it. Like I want, I I wanted to see Sunday in the Park or Merrily that is going on in New York right now. I want to see it so bad. Yeah, it seems oh impossible to get tickets even exactly. if you get over there. Yeah. Exactly, and I'm like, I want to see that and company. Mm. Just like, I wish I could see more life Sondheim stages. Yeah, I would say with Sondheim if you go see an amateur production of it because the music and the lyrics and the book are mm. often so spectacularly amazing mm-hmm. you can go see an okay company with mm-hmm. okay sets and okay costumes and still have the best time of your life absolutely um I, when i first got into sondheim i just went to every single amateur little production just to get through his catalog <gasps> yeah and there's still shows i haven't seen because yeah. who stages roadshow anymore but, <laughs> exactly um but yeah go see all the amateur productions honestly Maybe, yeah, I should do that more. Like, or drama school production. Love it. Well, yeah. Ram, Merrily We Roll Along. Hey, exactly. Possibly my favourite Merrily We Roll Along. No so, way! I, mean, start, I suppose it's not a spoiler, is it? I yeah. don't know if you'll do it again, but starting with a funeral and working backwards. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's not done often enough. That was brilliant from yeah. our director, Bruce Guthrie. And yeah, that really just like ties everything together. And kind of like, it's so heartbreaking to know like the ending is Mary, you know? And she was the the tie of everything. Mm. <sighs> oh, I love Merrily. <laughs> Let's break our hearts again. Yeah. Um, do you get to see many of the Ram shows that they do? Everything they do that I've seen has been spectacular. I, I tried to do like um, I I saw last year's well this year's cohort showcase and also Jane Eyre. I really wanted to see Carousel, but I was already in Sheffield at that time, so oh, I course, can yeah. go back. Um, but I heard Carousel was amazing. I'm sad I missed that one. Yeah, I think it's just like well, Ram, Ram in particular. I think they've always they they always have an amazing year of singer actors, like just mm. amazing actors, especially and yeah. 
obviously like the most amazing voices but i love seeing ram people act they they're just great even like my my friends from my year like yeah you know when i just like watch them i don't know in a class doing a like a rap song i was like why are you so good like why 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 can you like act like this it's yeah it's amazing to see well that's how i feel watching any actor someone who can't act <laughs> i'm just jealous of all you people uh, so and well. singers anyway yeah anyways <laughs> anyways which musicals fictional world would you most like to live in if you could go live inside a musical oh hmm if i could live inside a musical i assume we can rule out miss saigon that doesn't seem <laughs> no uh too close to reality yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't be uh, a fictional world i feel um yeah. i feel like i would live in in agrabah do you know what i mean sure in, yeah i live in aladdin's fictional town agrabah yeah. with like amazing dancing amazing uh you know and just a little bit of magic to make things interesting exactly we love some magic we love some flying uh magic carpet yeah i would live in agrava <laughs> would you like to specifically be jasmine or another character or just someone in the background taking it all in um i'll stay as jasmine i think she's fun <laughs> i think she's yeah. you know she got uh, yeah she got interesting things going on for her so i, I I'll, I'll still be jasmine <laughs> she's one of the few who gets to go on a magic carpet ride and yeah right that's what you're there for exactly yeah. i was like that's the whole the whole the whole thing love it if you were to direct a radical restaging of a classic musical which one would you choose to change or bring up to date or do in a radical new way Ooh. um to be fair like i i've always wanted to do like a restaging uh, not restaging like a like a new version of a Saigon, but we kind of did it anyways. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we could do more. Uh, I, you know, like there's so much that, you know, ideas that could just be explored. And I think for a piece like Miss Saigon, like you have so many uh, iterations of all the classic musicals. I don't sure. know, like Chorus Line or, or even like um, Sondheim, like it, it changes all the time. So it I, is. I don't know why Miss Saigon can't have that as well. Just like, and you know a lot of different sort of like versions staging ideas from like asian creatives asian yeah. asian people uh ideas basically so maybe in the future like just more more and more versions um well hopefully the sheffield version opens some doors for that to happen yeah more. exactly um but i think i would do maybe like a re like a re restaging of sunday in the park with george just because yeah. I just want that show to be presented more, like to be in on stage more. Yes. So I can see it more. <laughs> if that makes sense. No, I've never seen a professional production of it. No, and I genuinely. I love that show. It's been my, one of my favorite shows for 10 years. And exactly. And yeah. you've never seen like a, 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 like a professional staging of Sunday in the Park with George. Like Not at all, no. Yeah. So like different versions, please. We were going to get Jake Gyllenhaal and Annalie Ashford. Yes, but we didn't get it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But, sad yeah, times. sad times. Maybe next time I'll be in it. Hey! <laughs> in it, directing it. Manifesting! <laughs> okay, so the big important question. If you were the mayor of musical theatre, if you had that power, which show would you order be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and in which venue? Oh my God, okay. This is really, really hard. 
Not and also I've already said Sunday in the Park with George, but maybe I should say something I mean, else. You can say the same show if that, that is the one you want to go to every single day, or at least have it there. So have you it can there see it as much exactly. Do um, you know what? Like I just, for me in my head, like the Sondheim. There's just like this this three of Sondheim show, which is like Company, Merrily, and Sunday in the Park. For me, yeah. it's such like a like a great production that i love seeing people doing different things with it yeah and and like i just wanna if i could have like all three of them available on the london stage i don't know whichever stage and just available there all at all times and you can have a lot of different actors doing all the different parts in the show i would love to come and see it like every time, every cast change, yeah. I will come and see. It's like, oh, what's this person gonna do? And it's it's mm. just because it's those three productions. Well, most unknown productions, but like this, those three specifically. It's so like, you can just be, you can just like make it yourself, make it your own. And I love, I love it. I love, I I would love to see all kinds of versions uh, of actors take on like each of those characters on those three musicals. So I've done t- nearly 30 episodes of this podcast mm-hmm. and the idea of having a Sondheim rep theatre that's doing <gasps> versions over and over and over again of all the Sondheim shows yes. one after the other, that's come up about three or four times No now. way! It's a testament to his work that no, everyone genuinely. wants to just see Sondheim over and over again. Over and over again. Like, I mean, can you imagine? Like, you That'd can just amazing. always have, like, a, a Sweeney Todd available yeah. or, like, you have... And even, like, his less lesser-known shows, like Passion or, mm. or, I don't know, the stuff that I haven't seen anywhere, like, Saturday Saturday night Saturday night Saturday night or like Roadshow all that Um, and I want to see those because I've never seen them performed anywhere me so too. yeah, absolutely, yeah. I exactly. I haven't listened to them. I want to save them until I can see them live. Exactly. Starting to think it's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never happening. Oh. So yeah, Assassins. I didn't. I didn't see it back. Uh, it just happened recently in uh, Chichester. Chichester. I'm so sad. I missed it. People just was raving about it. But like, it's like again, like yeah. another different take of Assassins. And uh, yeah, I would love to have like a Sondheim Rep Theater. Just like having it's all so of good. this again and again yeah and it doesn't have to be like huge production it doesn't have to be like wicked no. back to the future production Mm-mm. values for every show yes i mean it'd be nice if it was for some but yeah yes. just um, a small ish theater with a good set a good yeah. cast it's kind of like i feel like sondheim in a lot of ways it's kind of like like shakespeare like shakespeare work like you have the globe doing all kinds of shakespeare every yes. single year just like productions of productions just like different different texts different versions and like yeah. i feel like we should do that with sondheim just like different versions different takes yeah. oh i would love that it's such a shame neither of us are rich yeah if we could make, just make this happen that would hello be producers out there check 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 yes <laughs> make it happen some rich people in the sondheim society yeah right Surely. please <laughs> <laughs> just buy the i know actually that's the other part of the question which venue what venue do you want this rep theater to be in um, you can kick out any show you want don't worry about their feelings yeah uh maybe you know what? Like I, I, I kind of really like the roundabout stage. So I really like Soho Theater because they're like the only one that is kind of, kind of like have that setup. So maybe there, just like because I just want to see the actors. I want to see them yeah. just like perform and be in front of me, and I can see them from like all kinds of angles. And this yeah. Soho place, Soho place, yes, yes, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Soho so place. new and beautiful, and seeing stuff in the round like that. Yes, exactly. Great so. choice. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. And I'm so glad I get to talk about all of this stuff. Yeah. Of thank course. You. Um, once I think of 12 more questions, we'll definitely have you back. <laughs> thank you. Is there anything else you want to plug other than Edinburgh? Um, I think so far that's it. Like, I mean, come come and see the Aladdin tour. We're, we open in, uh, I think our first show is 24th of October in Edinburgh. So come up and see us. Amazing. Everyone yeah. get a car, a big convoy up to north. Exactly, or get a train or a flight, whichever. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. So that was Desmonda Catherbell, such an amazing talent, as I say. Make sure you support her in Mamma Mia, in Aladdin, in everything she does in the future. She is going to be the star of the future if she isn't the star of right now, which I think this point we can pretty much say she is isn't she just amazing um thank you so much for tuning in there will be an episode at some point in the future hopefully in the coming weeks hopefully not as big a gap as it's been for this one this podcast was produced in association with musicaltheaterreview.com so make sure you check them out for all the latest news reviews and interviews on all things on stage backstage and worldwide you can find the social media links for them and for myself the podcast and of course for desmonda in the show notes so please follow and get involved uh, if you want to recommend this podcast to friends or leave a review on the itunes or spotify that's a huge help for us and i thank you in advance thank you very much so thank you everybody for tuning in and until next time keep it musical <laughs>